Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Art of Listening, a podcast all about classical music, conducting composition, and the business of it all. And that is exactly what we're going to be learning all about today. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and with me, as always, is Gabriel Gordon. Gabe, how are you today? Welcome back to The Art of Listening. I'm doing great. I'm really looking forward to some some of this great spring weather. You know, as the weather is getting warmer, there's a lot of things that are happening, especially in the world of music and music education and music performance. You know, so many musicians out there are getting gigs, trying to get noticed. They've had the last two years of putting together this, you know, resume portfolio, whatever you want to call it, on their YouTube channels and on their websites. Today, we're going to be talking all about how to take advantage of that. So, Please stay with us today. We're going to be talking about our five proven networking strategies. And Gabe, this is something that you are not a stranger of. You have a pretty interesting story about something that's happened to you over the last uh, few weeks. Talk to us a little bit about something very interesting that's happened to you. Yeah, I have had this remarkable opportunity uh, to perform for, well, live over 18,000 people. Uh, in in an arena and uh, it was you know also televised and you know so many many people uh, got to hear this um, it was an, an arrangement that I made of the the state national anthem uh, for Ukraine and it was just a remarkable experience on many many levels now take us through this obviously we're all aware of what's happening on the you know in ukraine I'll, I'll, we're not going to get into the political stuff here but it moved you and i want to ask you why it moved you but you did something kind of interesting first of all let's just kind of go back here for a second why yeah. does the why are the events in ukraine really affecting you well, uh, you know, it, it affects me just because, you know, it's part of my, my mission to want peace in the world and to, you know, help uh, do that through my music. But personally, um, my grandmother was actually born in Lviv and my great-grandparents uh, met in Odessa. And so I feel um, a bit more of a connection to Ukraine than some others, perhaps. And so when the invasion started to happen, um, I know you and I had talked about it, but you made a video. Um, talk to us a little bit about the video that you created. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to uh, show my support for the Ukrainian people. And it's it's kind of funny now because, you know, now everybody is doing exactly this. I was doing some research, you know, trying to figure out, you know, if there was some kind of song or um, if I wanted to, you know, find if if there was a classical composer that had already written something. And I settled on the the state national anthem of Ukraine, particularly because uh, the words in it are um, really talking about uh, Ukraine defending itself and and making making Ukraine strong um, against its enemies. Um, so I thought that was perfect. Now everybody is doing the state national anthem for Ukraine, but that that wasn't the case when I was when I was thinking about this. And uh, so I decided to make an arrangement of of that, and I it it took me about an hour the the entire process. And I 
you know, just put it online um, and said, okay, this is this is what I can do, my little part for Ukraine. Now, it was around this time that uh, you were aware of a request to perform this piece uh, at a local sporting event. Talk to us a little bit about how you got connected with the event that you performed it at. So it was actually after I made that recording and posted it online, it was about five days later uh, that... Because because I think Ukraine was invaded uh, by Russia in late February. And uh, so it was like towards the end of February, the beginning of March, when a friend of mine on online on Facebook, um, he Facebook messaged me and said, you know, I here's here's a, a link to this shout out um for a call for for a violinist or a solo violinist or a cellist to perform at a jazz game didn't you just do this <laughs> online and uh his name is scott tanner and he he's he's just a, a really great guy he also makes videos online but um, he was kind enough to pass on that information to me. Um, and so I contacted the poster. His name is Peyton Adams, who is the head of entertainment uh, for the Utah Jazz. And uh, we were rolling from there. That's awesome. And you had an opportunity to play the state national anthem of Ukraine in front of 18,000 people and on ESPN. Yes. What was what was that like? Talk, talk, take us through that day. How did you prepare? Um, where'd you get the tucks from? Give us all the yeah. details. Well, so you know, it was, uh, you know, the first thing that Peyton asked me actually was, he said, "Your your arrangement's wonderful. Can you do something a little different for us? We were we wanted something a little bit different." Uh, so I said, "Yeah, sure, absolutely," and and so. He gave me an idea of what he wanted, and so I changed it. So the the arrangement that I played at the jazz game is actually pretty much completely different from the one that I had originally posted online. Um, and uh, you know, very very successful in its own right. But um, then then what Payton said, you know, I have to get. Uh, I got Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz to say yes to this, but I have to get league approval because they actually have never done anything like this before. And so, and he said that they're actually having to change a rule. There's mm -hmm. a rule in the NBA that says that you can't do any other national anthem uh, besides the American or the Canadian anthem. And which made me wonder. Did somebody try to do another anthem at some point? I don't know. I don't know why they have this rule, but they have this rule and they had to actually have a conference at, in order to break this rule uh, specifically for this. So, uh, you know, that's that's what it kind of became history making. And Peyton said that uh, they also had to get permission from ESPN because they were going to cut away and, and actually televise this. Um, uh and, you know, it's a little bit of a different experience um, when you have, uh, you know, 
lots of photography going on. Everybody's phone is up like this, you know, like, you know, probably about 15,000 phones, as well as a large camera and a cameraman, you know, practically in your face the entire time. It's a completely different experience performing. Well, you did certainly have a good job, and I, I wasn't aware that they actually had to change the rule. I would assume that for changing an NBA rule, all the owners would have to vote on that, which means Mark Cuban knows your name, Gabe. I, I, I guess so. That's guess pretty so. cool, I think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, it was just a, a whirlwind and an amazing experience, but... Um, Take us through that moment, right? Like you're there on center court and you get the green light. And I'm assuming at that point, you're just a puddle. Well, I mean, it was, it was, it was interesting actually, because, you know, as part of my preparation for all of this, um, I, you know, there's, there is the mental preparation, knowing that the camera is going to be in my face, knowing that, you know, there was this moment. And, and so I, I was mentally preparing for it. And one of the techniques that I used in order to give myself perspective in that moment um, was to think about, you know, what was happening to the people in Ukraine. And so during the day, as I was seeing what was happening, uh, you know, throughout the day. And, and, you know, I would, I would check for that sort of thing anyway, no matter what. Um, but as I was going through it, a video came up of another violinist playing a, a beautiful Ukrainian hymn. Um, and uh, the only difference was, is that this violinist was doing it in a bomb shelter for his fellow bomb shelter mates as bombs were coming down and the video was shaking. And I, you know, again, it's perspective. Uh, I was under a lot of pressure. There's no two ways around it. But at the same time, I, what that guy was doing was actually real pressure. Well, you did a great job. And today we are here to talk a little bit about that journey and how we can replicate that journey to the best of our abilities. It is all about networking, right? Being in the right place at the right time. But right. it's also making sure that you're prepared for that. As you said, it's not the physical preparation or the musical preparation. There is that mental preparation. So today I'm excited because we have a few strategies that we want to share with you on how to do this? How do you make this thing happen for yourself? Last week, uh, if you check out our episode number 16, we had our good friend Brett um, Dubner on, and he was talking to us about being a soloist and how do you make the opportunities come to you as a soloist? This is something a little bit different because, yes, Gabe was a soloist, but he was also in an opportunity where when the door came and knocking, he was ready to be a rockin'. So let's talk a little bit about this here. You had said you want to make sure that you're in the right place at the right time. Clearly for you, Gabe, it just was fate. It was just dumb luck. You, you did this video and they were looking for a violinist doing it. Well, it was luck. However, uh, you know, there is a saying uh, that you can make your own luck. And the the element of luck that you know does come into it but um you have to basically set yourself up uh for success and for to create those opportunities 
um, and to actually encourage them to happen so that you can take advantage of them when they come. And, and that I agree, but you and I had a conversation about these videos and, and we even created a second video with the music underneath. And, right. and I remember saying to you, if we put this up, we're going to get a ton of hits. And you had said to me, but I'm not doing it for the hits. I'm doing it because of a deeper feeling, a deeper meaning, you know, all the, all the higher power stuff. Right. I got to believe you weren't doing this to be found by the Utah Jazz. You were doing this because there was something calling to you to play this song and send the message out. Well, I would say that that's, that's another element, um, you know, for all of this. Uh, usually, if you are doing something just for hits, um, or if you're approaching somebody at a party specifically only to schmooze with them, um, if you are being inauthentic about what you're doing, uh, the, the, the part that will help your career won't happen either. The, it's, it, it, it's a very careful balance. You want to do things in order to help your career, but you have to do it authentically. Um, otherwise, the person you're talking to is going to get turned off. Um, those opportunities won't organically come to you. Um, one, of, one of the really nicer moments in this entire process with the jazz game was um, after I created this new version of the anthem, um, I said, you know, I sent it to Peyton and I asked him, I said, what do you think of this? And he was very, very touched by, by the whole thing. So if, if I had just, you know, created, you know, just another, you know, short version of the anthem and quickly scribbled it out and didn't really care about, you know, the quality of it, um, then, you know, he might've just said, oh, you know, we'll just find somebody else or something like that. So being authentic is actually a really integral part of this whole process. One of our first strategies here you mentioned is called setting the stage. What does that mean? Well, I, in order to be able to do all of these, make all these connections and be able to send things at a moment's notice, you have to be set up in order to be able to do that. So, uh, and that requires a whole lot of work. The reason why I was able to send uh, Peyton the original video along with another video demonstrating uh, you know, my other qualities as a violinist um, was because um, we've set up that YouTube channel. Um, and uh, I was also able to direct him to the website, which you and I have worked on uh, for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, all of these things are, you know, the incidental things that people will notice after you have, you know, made that contact and are, you know, part of, part of that synergy that, that comes, you know, somebody says, okay, I'm interested in this guy um, or this, you know, this person, you know, he or she, uh, you know, I wonder if they have a website. Right. And, 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 and no doubt, right. As soon as somebody, as soon as you applied or soon, as soon as your name came across, 
they Google searched you, right? Like they did, they, they vetted you. They did a background check on you. They made sure you were legit. I mean, they're not putting you on national TV in front of 20,000 people and not exactly. seeing all, the, all your background stuff. Exactly. And uh, yeah, they probably, I didn't even think about this. They probably did do a background check uh, just to make sure. Yeah. And um, the, you know, so one of the other things we'll talk about is, you know, all of the publicity that followed um, also came because I happened to have a Twitter account. And if I didn't have that Twitter account, then, you know, the, um, the independent uh, over from England may not have gotten in contact with me. So all of these things are seeming like they're coincidences, but if you don't do that groundwork beforehand, the opportunities won't have an opportunity to come. <laughs> well, that leads us into our second strategy, seizing the day. So when, when I you know, got this Facebook message uh, from my friend, uh, Scott Tanner, I, you know, I pretty much, I, I took one look at it and said, oh, wow, this is like a really, really big opportunity. And I immediately contacted Payton, who was, you know, the original poster. And I, again, took all of these resources that I had already set up and just, you know, sent him videos and said, I can do this. I can do that. Um, as soon as, um, as soon as uh, he said, okay, can you make another arrangement? I said, sure. By the next day I had finished the arrangement because I had I had done laid the groundwork and gotten the Sibelius program in order to be able to write it pretty fast. I already had uh, you know my microphone and my camera set up so that I could quickly send him uh, another um, you know another recording of it, which then led to many other things. And I basically just took all of these resources that I had set up and laid the groundwork for and started, you know, throwing them at him and, and it worked. You, you mentioned about preparedness, right? And that is one of your big strategies here, making sure that you're prepared physically, mentally, musically. Yeah. Uh, I would assume, you know, this is being something personal that there's emotional preparedness of what is this going to feel like? I mean, you know, the look on your face when you hit that last note was just out, unbelievable. Um, why is preparedness so important. I mean, this is like saying location, 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 right? Kind of, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, there's, there's another saying in the industry that, you know, overnight success takes about 10 years. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really all about the groundwork. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting my 15 minutes, you know, right now. Uh, but, you know, there, there were several years of that groundwork uh, you know, to prepare uh, for that moment. And so, you know, basically it's, it's probably the groundworking, you know, the stage one is probably by far the most difficult stage of all of this, because basically you're doing a ton of work and then you are sitting there and waiting <laughs> <laughs> and you wait and you wait. In my particular case for, you know, something like this to really happen, uh, it's been nearly three years. And so, 
you know, I and, you know, there's also, you know, the follow through, which we'll get to, you know, afterward. But um, it's really something that in in order to create the synergy that puts you in the right place at the right time, you've got to prepare for it. Now, our fourth strategy is publicizing. Now, before I just say you have an amazing website team that's always right there for you and making sure that your website looks amazing. But talk to me about the importance of publicizing. So, you know, at that point, um, you know, again, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm doing this for Ukraine and, and not for hits. But at the same time, uh, you do want to make sure that, you know, everybody knows that you're doing something that's pretty cool. Um, and, so, you know, you you take all of the social media that you've now set up, um, you you make sure that you have somebody like my girlfriend, Michelle, uh, who uh, is is a writer and a marketer. Uh, and she was able to really monitor uh, all the social media during the day for me because I was, you know, really, you know, just busy preparing for this big moment. And uh, she said to me, uh, you know, how about we just send a, out a press release and see, you know, see how it goes. And I, I remember I said to her, I said, well, you know, I mean, this is, you know, a big deal, but I doubt the papers are going to be interested in this. Well, as soon as she sent out the press release, that's what I, you know, and, and you know, announced it on Twitter um the the newspaper started calling in and uh i i must have done at least between 10 and 15 interviews uh over the next couple of days you certainly had a lot of media coverage the the every time i keep hitting refresh on the video you know two to three thousand more people were watching it or retweeting it it was just amazing to see how things are yeah but it really does come through two things, right? This is our last strategy here, follow through, but yeah. follow through in an, an authentic way. Like it's not just about saying, I want to do this press release to get more hits. It's no, I, I, I believe, and I've seen this in you, you're doing all of this to bring more awareness to the cause. I've exactly. seen this with you in Ukraine. I've seen this with you in Beethoven 9. I've seen this with you at 9-11. Um, you know, everything that you're working on is to bring bigger awareness to the universe, not just to Gabriel. Yeah. Um, and and really, you know, as you're doing all of this, that that really needs to be your focus. Your focus needs to be on others and, and not yourself. And uh, the if again, if you are inauthentic about it people will sense that immediately. I, you, you could say all the same things. You could do all the same things. Um, but if, if it's for you, people know. And so you got to keep focused on the, the real goal here, which was to bring knowledge and awareness, as you said, uh, to Ukraine. And by the way, that also helps your performance. If you are thinking about yourself and the pressure that you're under uh, when something like this is going on, you're probably not going to play very well. And so by thinking about, uh, you know, the Ukrainians and what they're going through and, 
seeing this through their perspective, um, then that affects everything that you're doing about this. So what you're saying is if you're prepared, if you're ready to go at the moment's notice, and if you're doing it for the right reasons, it will end the way that you want it to. And my friends in music, that is what we call a perfect, authentic cadence. Gabe, moving forward with everything, where do you see this taking you? How do you then take this moment and move it forward? Um, you know, either A, to your advantage, or how do you bring even more awareness to the cause? Well, I, you know, there have been uh, a few opportunities that uh, have been uh, presented to me uh, so far uh, as a result of all this. Um, there is somebody who is putting together uh, a fundraiser uh, for the Ukraine at the Echo Center, which is a very, very big hall here, and they, they want me involved. Um, and, uh, you know, really just, just continue along the same lines and uh, continue to, uh, you know, give yourself to the mission, um, rather than to yourself, uh, you know, my my personal mission um, is to help bring a little bit of more peace into the world through my music. Uh, the situation in Ukraine lends itself uh, to that mission quite nicely, but there are many, many other ways in which you can do that. The very next day, um, I was at a, um, an orchestra festival uh, teaching kids. And, uh, you know, the same thing applies. What you are doing with these kids is helping them work together and helping, helping them figure out how to work together. And if you take that metaphor and bring it to the world stage, um, you can see that it applies to what's going on in Ukraine. So make your mission that I would say that was probably one of the biggest parts of the groundwork, probably the first thing you need to do. Uh, I remember you asking me that, Jeff, when we first started, uh, you know, this journey, laying that groundwork, uh, saying, who are you? What are you about? And so that's really the first question when laying the groundwork is figuring out what your mission is and then going from there rather than thinking about how am I going to publicize myself? No, how am I going to publicize my mission? That's the most important thing. Gabe, it's been a great, uh, in your words, 15 minutes over the last month watching you go through this whole transformation and having you you know, really bring awareness to an amazing cause. If anybody out there is listening and wants to get in touch with you, uh, maybe have you play, perform, or, or do an arrangement, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can get in touch with me through my website, uh, gabrielgordon.net, uh, and uh, I always answer all emails that come there, so uh, just get in contact with me there. 
over the last month, of course, we've seen a lot of destruction happening in the other side of the world. The nice thing that's come out of all of this, if there's anything, is that there is an entire community of people out there that are dedicated to supporting world efforts and making sure that we are all here sticking together. Music is that universal language. And as Gabe today has mentioned, it's all about making sure that you are ready to send that message out when needed. Hope you have a chance to check this out and, of course, share this message with your friends. More information over at GabrielGordon.net. And on behalf of Gabe and everybody here on The Art of Listening, my name is Jeff Bradbury. Enjoy the music.